Well, it is a good morning to be in church because we are having two baptisms this morning. And baptisms are a great encouragement to us because we see the body of Christ grow. And we are reminded of God's great love for us and the hope that we share as brothers and sisters in Christ. Over the past six weeks, Pastor Ben and myself have taught an online course on Anglican Christianity for those who are interested in learning more about the faith, and specifically those who are interested in being baptized, having their children baptized, or we're exploring confirmation. And in this class, we talked about the meaning attached to the sacraments, that is, Holy Communion and Baptism. In the 5th century, St. Augustine of Hippo defined the sacraments as outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual graces. And that's a description that we continue to use today. What this means is that the sacraments contain things that we can see, that we can feel, that we can even taste. Things like bread and wine and communion and water in baptism. And these things point to a deeper spiritual reality, the lavish mercy and love that we receive in Jesus Christ. In communion, we receive simple elements of bread and wine, but they are signs that point to Jesus's body and blood, which was broken and shed for us on the cross. When we eat the bread and when we drink the wine with faith in Jesus Christ, we receive spiritual nourishment. We are strengthened as our hearts feed on Jesus by faith, and we are assured of the forgiveness of our sins. We're also reminded of our union with Christ that he dwells in us and we dwell in him. And so what about baptism? The outward sign is water, but what does it point to? And what does it mean for us? Well, these are good questions and we're gonna explore them this morning as we look at the sixth chapter of, of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. In Romans chapter 6, we find Paul is carrying on a larger argument that he's been making in this letter, explaining how death entered the world through one man's sin, and that death has spread to all people because all have sinned. There is one exception, of course, and that is Jesus Christ, Jesus, the Son of God. He is the one and only righteous man without sin. And so this man without sin took the sins of the world upon himself on the cross. With selfless love, he gave up his life for sinners so that all who put their faith in him may be made righteous and receive eternal life. It is an amazing gift that covers every sin and delivers those who are once condemned to hell and death, it delivers them into fellowship 
with God and life everlasting. And so in Romans chapter 6, Paul is arguing that because of this, baptized Christians should not keep on sinning, but rather they should with thanksgiving live lives of obedience to God, the God who had mercy on them and set them free. So he points to what happens in baptism as support for this. He writes, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, most of us don't think about the water of baptism as a sign that points to death, but that's what Paul is saying here. He says, we were buried with him by baptism into death. And so in baptism, we are united with Jesus in his death. We are buried under the water. But why? Why do we need to die? Paul writes, we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed so that we might no longer be enslaved to sin. When we are dominated by sin that leads to eternal death, something extreme must take place for us to be rescued. Like a malignant tumor that threatens the whole body, our sinful selves must be removed and put to death. But we are not hopeless and we are not alone in this death because in our death to sin, we are crucified with Christ. And if we are crucified and buried with Jesus in baptism, then friends, like Jesus, we are going to be raised to new life. Paul writes, if we have been united with him in a death like his, then we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So it turns out that baptism is not just about death, it's also about rebirth. When we go under the waters of baptism, our sinful self dies. But when we come up out of the water, we receive new life. This is the promise of baptism. The water is a sign pointing to Jesus's death and resurrection, and we are invited to enter into both. The inward and spiritual grace that we receive is death to sin, and new birth to righteousness. Now, a baptism can just take a few minutes to complete, but the new life we receive takes a lifetime to fulfill. In baptism, we spiritually die to sin and live to righteousness, but we must choose to live out our baptism day after day and year after year. Do we continue to die to sin, rejecting all that keeps us from God? Do we continue to choose righteousness, following Jesus as our Lord and Savior? So I encourage you, all of you, 
to listen carefully to the promises that are being made today during the baptism and to inwardly renew your own baptismal vows. And for those of you here who have not been baptized, consider what baptism could mean for you in your life. And feel free to reach out to me or other clergy. You can send us an email or talk to us in person, give us a phone call, and we'd love to talk to you about it. Now, I realize that all this raises an important question. How can we expect a baby, a child, to understand these baptismal promises, what the Lord has done for them, and how they should respond? The answer is we don't. We don't expect them to understand. Baptism is first and foremost a grace given to us, something accomplished by God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, applying the benefits of Christ's death and resurrection. We have not done anything to earn this grace, no matter what age we are. So we can extend this to the youngest members of our church, provided that their parents and their sponsors are willing to take responsibility in supporting them in the faith and teaching them what it means to be a Christian. So in just a few minutes, the parents and sponsors will, on behalf of those being baptized, renounce all those things that lead them away from God and vow to place their faith in Jesus and to serve him. They will promise to teach and provide these children with everything they need to grow as Christians and to be prepared to claim the faith for themselves when they are ready. The time will come when these children will be able to make the choice about living out their baptismal vows. In the meantime, all of us here today will be asked to do all in our power to support these children in their life in Christ. This is a reminder to us that we are called to love and serve and support each other in our Christian discipleship, whether we be children or teenagers or adults. We have been given such an amazing gift in Jesus Christ. When we sinned against him, the Lord put his salvation plan into action to rescue us, to rescue us from hell and death and destruction. Today, through the sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion, we will receive again those outward and visual signs of what Jesus has done for us, opening the doors to salvation and eternal life through his life, death, and resurrection. So let's rejoice. Let's celebrate what he has done for us. And in response, let's pledge 
to live as those who have died to sin and live for Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.